It looks like my mic wasn't plugged. I apologize. That's on me. Pretty <laughs> quickly. Uh, welcome to Fireside Next, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. I'm Spen Harris. He's Pete, and this is the post NBA Draft Nets podcast. It's funny, Pete. Right before we started, I was just telling you I ordered a new mic. My current mic, the, the USB cable is broken. It sucks. It's been pissing the shit out of me. Uh, so next week we will not have these issues where my mic randomly unplugs during not only you know the podcast but the beginning, the intro. I apologize to everyone out there listening. And you know what, Pete? That was a rough start. But yeah, I was trying to play it cool. I was like, <laughs> can can they hear him? And I can't hear. No, him. no, no. I, I caught it right away. You know why? Because my finger grazed the wire. Like like if if a, a fly had touched this wire, the mic would have been unplugged. Um, but I will say this, you are wearing an incredible shirt today. Please stand up to everyone watching. Pete has on an NBA finals, 2002 Eastern conference champions, your New Jersey nets. He has the shirt. We had former big man, Aaron Williams on the podcast last week. The Brooklyn nets have their, their podcast going, um, something to prove. I believe it's called where, where, where they're taking you on the journey of those Oh one through Oh four, uh, Eastern Conference juggernauts that were the New Jersey Nets. So, Pete, I know we had a rough start, but that shirt right there, the one you got on, that brought me back to life a little bit. Got you. All right. We we got a lot to talk about today, and we're going to start with the recent draft. The Brooklyn Nets, it was speculated they had two picks in the first round. A lot of people thought that they were going to trade them, possibly trade up maybe utilize them in the trade for Damian Lillard. Lo and behold, I think the majority of Nets fans were shocked that Sean Marks stayed put. It's funny. Uh, A lot of people did not think the Nets would would just keep all their cards close to the chest and and do nothing. And and sometimes, Pete, sometimes the best move is no move. So they stay with the first two picks in the draft. I'm sorry, their first round picks, they keep those picks, and they go Noah Clowney, the power forward from Alabama at 21. He's 6'10". He has a 7'2", 7'3", wingspan. Uh, Pete, what did you think about this pick by Sean Marks improving the front court and grabbing Clowney at 21? Just in general, I was really, really shocked. If you guys followed me on Twitter, I was saying all day, kind of shitting out of the mouth, that we're going to trade this pick, we're going to trade this pick, and then it comes down to the pick, and – we got Noah Clowney. Uh, Noah uh, I think maybe an hour before an hour before the draft, it was said that the Nets were really into him, and looks like that was right. Uh, he's 18 years old. If I'm gonna break down his game, kind of think about it like a, a mobile Clax, but he's a project, right? I like the pick personally, but this is not a pick that you make if you're planning to win an NBA championship the next year. So I kind of uh, kind of feels like the Nets are kind of showing their cards with this pick. Yeah, I I look at this guy. I think that you know I, I see a, a lot of potential. I see high upside. Um, he he shot the ball decently from beyond the arc. I, I think he was he was cold in the last several games, but 
I, I like his upside. I like his athleticism. I like his potential. Agree with you. That's not a player that you can just plug and play. You, you can't give him big minutes right off the bat. You have to develop him. He is not a guy who a championship contender would pick. Like you look at the Warriors, right? Their pick with Brandon Prasinski whenever they got him. Uh, that's a guy that makes sense for a team like the Warriors who who feed off of bigger guards that can shoot the ball, that, you know, with the departure of Jordan Poole and Steph being the only two kind of smaller guards, you get a guy like Pazinski that, that that fits perfectly into their system. He can come in, he can hit threes, he, he can get to the rack and he can move without the ball. So you just kind of see the difference in strategy uh, from Sean Marks and other general managers. And then, you know, piggybacking off that sort of upside pick with the very next selection, Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets take Derek Whitehead out of Duke six, six, dealt with serious leg injuries, had two foot surgeries. Um, but he's another guy with huge potential, uh, nice size for a point guard, um, very dynamic scorer, decent athlete. What did you see uh, from Derek Whitehead when, when doing your research on him, Pete? All right. Just like with the other pick, we kind of saw kind of a trend with Sean Marks. We saw a couple of years ago with Karis LeVert, good talent, kind of, slipped down a little bit because of the foot injuries. Think about it the same way with this guy. Not Game is totally different. This upside is amazing with Tariq Whitehead. Uh, I think he's pretty much every Net fan's favorite pick. He's going to be recovering. He's going to miss summer league. But uh, this guy was high school player of the year, played at Monte Verde where they have, like, all these great players. Uh, man, it's, it's a kind of a, a home run swing, I would say. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you look at their roster um, outside of Cam Thomas, they don't have a lot of young guards, right? I mean, Dinwiddie's well in his career. Ben Simmons is not a spring chicken anymore. Um, Seth Curry's probably going to be out of here and he's not super young. Patty Mills is as old as they get. So you go down this roster and you think there's just not, you know, the, the younger talent is, is Nick Claxton, right? It's, it's the front court. It's, it's uh Dayron Sharp, David Duke Jr., I, I don't think anyone sees him becoming an NBA star or even a legitimate role player anytime soon. He's shown promise, but he hasn't been consistent. So you look at Derek Whitehead and you say, okay, maybe this guy could be the point guard of the future. You know, he's a first round pick out of Duke. They don't tend to, to, to get guys that are bad at basketball. So, uh, and, and like you said, he was a stud in high school and he probably would have been a stud in college if he didn't get hurt. Um, so I, I, I do agree with you. I like the pick. I actually think I like this pick a little bit more than Clowney. Uh, and then finally, in the second round, the Nets took Jalen Wilson, the wing slash small forward out of Kansas. Uh, a little bit older, Jalen Wilson, um, but, you know, had some really good stats in college, about, about 20 points per game in college on 43% from the field. Um, just an overall solid player, a little bit undersized at, at 6'5 for a small forward. But what did you think about this pick with Jalen Wilson? This is the type of pick that you make if you're going to try to win next year. He's older. Pretty much, I think, Clowney and uh, Derek Whitehead, I think, or what, they're maybe like the first and third youngest Nets ever drafted. Jalen Wilson is 22. It kind of reminds me of the scenario that Desmond Bain went through. Older guy, quote-unquote, winning player, you know what I mean? Has a question here and there. Can, you know, is he going to play in the NBA? Could he be a good role player? 
And people are kind of shitting on this pick, and I, I think it's kind of crazy. Put up 20 points per game, Big 12 player of the year. He won a championship last year. This is a nice flyer. It's a second-round pick. You're not going to get a complete player on, you know, pick number 51. You're, you're just not. That's it. Yeah. He's got to improve his shooting. He's got to improve his shooting. He shot 33%. Wasn't great. Uh, wasn't the greatest shooter in high school, but this is a guy that you could kind of maybe put in 10, 15 minutes next year. Also, I think people forget he got eight rebounds a game. Very impressive for a guy that's six five and is kind of like your main scorer. So it kind of shows you he does a little bit of everything. Going back to uh, the Clowney and, and Whitehead, these are kind of like two different two different types of things. Jalen Wilson the guy that's going to come off the bench 10, 15 minutes. Clowney is kind of, think about it like this. Think Claxton, his first year, we had Jared Allen, right? Claxton really didn't get a play. He was really skinny, has to bulk up. This guy has a, a possible, like, three shot. because He get hit down the three ball. He shot 28%. Maybe he gets better. Maybe he doesn't. And I thought you were really good with the Derek Whitehead uh, thing. I think that was kind of the better pick for sure. If he gets healthy, you have a like a legit starter. Yeah, I uh, I, I look at Jalen Wilson and I kind of think of Kessler Edwards a few years ago where we picked him, I, I think, later in the draft. And I think I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that was the same draft with uh, Cam Thomas and Dayron Sharp, right? Uh, yeah. And David Duke Jr. I think we got all four of those guys. Um. But I think that because we – and I could be wrong there. You, you might, you might want to correct me. Um, but I think that when, when we made that pick for Kessler-Edwards, Cam Thomas was our first-round pick, and a lot of people assumed he would play more. And if you remember, throughout stretches during that season, um, I think it was the season we had Harden. Maybe it was, it was the year no, after. It was the year after. Was the yeah. year after. We're, we're, right. Edwards got a lot of play. And, and he, Wait, time out, time out. you got to say this he forced himself onto the playoff roster. Right. He was a, remember, he was a two-way, and then he starts knocking down the three, providing the size that they need at the time. And they say, listen, we have to decide whether this guy is going to be on the postseason roster or are we going to lose a possible year of control? And they had to put him on the postseason roster. Yes, yeah, I, uh, I remember. And um, I, I look at Jalen Wilson and I think – we could very well see a Kessler Edwards situation where he's a two-way player. He can prove himself. He can get minutes on this team. Um, I think he's more, like you said, he's more of an NBA ready guy than Dariq Whitehead and potentially Noah Clowney. Um, but I, overall I gave Sean Marks and, and I want to hear your grades uh, for each picks as well. I gave Sean Marks a C plus. And the only reason being, I thought he was going to do something. I thought that, he was going to trade one of these picks for, for a proven veteran. Maybe you trade both of these picks to move up. Uh, I just thought that something was going to happen. I was a little bit underwhelmed. If, if Clowney and Whitehead were his guys from the moment that he got these two first-round picks or that from the moment he started doing his research, then who am I to blame him? He, he's a better talent evaluator than I think I'll ever be. Um, but just something tells me that that wasn't the case. And uh, – you look at it was it Cam Whitmore fell right before us to the Rockets at, at 20. If he falls, do we take him? I don't know. So I give him a C plus overall, but I want to hear your grades for each pick and then the draft overall for Sean Marks. 
even before that, I, I think I got a little bone to pick with you. People on Nets Twitter have just said what you just said, right? Like, he didn't do anything, right? Like, I, like, I don't understand what you want the guy to do. I understand moving up one, maybe, that they get Whitmore. I get that, but you, know, you got to trust the guy. The guy does, does the drafts. This is his thing. I'd give Noah Clowney uh, a B-plus pick. I, I, I like it. I like the idea of this, but the problem is we're going to have Clax being a free agent next year. When Clax came in and joined the Nets, we had Jared Allen for two years or a year and a half. And then he got traded for Harden. So uh, I don't know if this guy's going to be ready next year. But if he does develop, he'll be good. Whitehead, I think you have to give an A or even A plus because this is just a home run swing. Like, the guy's there. The guy was going to be a top five pick, supposedly, if he was healthy. Like, you can't, you can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong with that. Uh, I think a lot of Nets fans are very uh, spoiled. Maybe even you spent a little bit. Just because he's not making a move doesn't mean that like shit wasn't going down or there was going to be, you know, maybe something in the works and it just fell through. Do you want something to happen or do you want them to get better? Uh, I think that you're absolutely right to call me a spoiled Nets fan. Um, and by the way, I got not to switch the subject because I will answer your question and thank you for putting me on the hot seat. Uh, the, the 2021 draft was Cam Thomas, Kessler Edwards, Marcus Zagorowski and Raekwon Gray. Uh, and then they agreed in principle to acquire Dayron Sharp from Phoenix. So That's all those guys were the, were the same draft. I'm glad that I was, I was right there. Normally I'm wrong with those things. Um, to answer your question, yes, I'm spoiled as shit. Okay, Pete, I think that we all are. We had a chance with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Karis LeVert and Jared Allen and, and all those guys to be – a contender and, and a championship caliber team in the East. Then we traded all away for Harden. We had that one season where we lost in seven games to Milwaukee and everything's been downhill since. So you ask me, you know, or you're telling me Spence, you and Nets fans are spoiled. You're goddamn right. We are. All I want is a solid nucleus to, to build off of and, and a foundation where if we're going to build around guys like McHale and Cam Johnson, that has to happen sooner rather than later. And I, I see a lot of people saying, oh, we'll let the Nets be an okay team this year, and then and then next year we'll sign a big free agent. That's what the Knicks have been trying to do for years, and it doesn't work out. When you try to be mediocre, players see that. Superstars see that. They don't want to sign with you. So I, I'm, I'm – and then listen, I, I, Sean Marks can still be building the right way. Maybe this is all part of the plan. Maybe he doesn't see – the Nets is a mid-team this year. Maybe he sees them a move away from, from being a, a real contender in the East. I don't know. You know, We're, we're going to get to the Damian Lillard news in a second. Um, but, Pete, I can't settle for mediocrity. Not, not, not since you committed to Mikhail Bridges. Not since you're probably going to pay Cam Johnson. I need this team to be a top three, top four team in the East, and I need it yesterday. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to kind of challenge your thinking when it comes to this right now. So I went to do a little research, and I went to look at the Nets draft picks coming up. Guess how many Nets uh, first-round picks – I just got to rephrase myself. How many first-round picks do the Nets have in the next three years, you would say? Off the top of your head. Eight. The next three years, they only have two. Oh, sorry. They only have three picks in the next three years. No picks in 24, 
no picks in 26. We have the Phoenix first rounder in 25, and we have our pick, but it could be swapped with Houston. And then uh, we have a random second rounder from Miami, but it's only if it's 38 and up. So Sean Marks is not working with a full war chest right now. And keep in mind, if we're going to make a trade, let's say, you know what, we wanted to get Whitmore to move up, then that means we'd have to give up maybe the, what, the 25 pick. That means we'd have one first rounder in three years, and then you can't make a trade for anybody else. All the first rounders start kind of kicking in at 2027. And that's what Nets fans kind of have to focus on that, because in the near future, it's going to be a little barren. It's going to be a little harder than we thought. It's going to be Harden than we thought. No pun intended. Shout out to the former net, James Harden. Um, all right, as Pete gives a thumbs down. Pete, we got to move on to some Nets offseason headlines. That was some good draft talk. We'll, we'll, you know, listen, we don't know what's going to happen in the next few weeks. These guys might not be Nets. So right now they're Nets. Noah Clowney, Dariq Whitehead, Jalen Wilson, welcome. I saw a, a great video of Dariq Whitehead seeing his uh, his – Image at Barclays outside. That was a super cool video to see. Um, Noah Clowney did a rapid fire. I got to learn a little bit about him. Check that out on the Brooklyn Nets Twitter. And then uh, Jalen Wilson. There was um, a video that I actually wanted to play, and I thought it was really interesting. Check this out. Super excited, man. Being a city of Brooklyn where the fans are loyal, fans are are strong about about the city is great you know coming from a place like lawrence it's, it's just like that i'm super excited super he compared excited. and it was tough to hear but he compared the brooklyn nets fans he called them loyal and he compared them to the fans in kansas who root for the jayhawks so for everybody who wants to shit on the nets fan base kansas has one of the best college basketball fan bases in the country and Jalen Wilson compared loyal Nets fans to Jayhawks fans, which I thought were freaking awesome. I absolutely love that. I, I wanted to talk about what uh, did you hear what Dariq Whitehead said? I thought that was what even, White. What did he say? What did Dariq Whitehead say? That he was a Nets fan growing up. He likes Kmart. He went to the Rock, and I fell in love, bro. I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I fell in love. I I can't say this enough that when a Nets fan joins the team, it really feels like he's one of us. You know what I mean? I, I just, that, that just made my heart melt. I like that. Yeah. I wanted to get that out there before we moved on, because obviously, you know, drafting these guys are three unique individuals and whether they're Nets for a year or they're Nets for their whole careers, um, we welcome them with open arms. Me, me, me and Peter open books. When we meet you, you know, we give you the benefit of the doubt. We did that with every single net to ever join the team. Um, and if you disrespect and insult and crap on us, then we're not going to like you very much, as Pete gave James Harden the thumbs down. And uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are, are not my favorite players right now. so And probably won't ever be again. But, Pete, let's move on. We got some some offseason Nets headlines. And we're going to start with Mikael Bridges' fake twin brother, Cam Johnson, Brian Windhorst reported that the Nets will match any offer sheet for Cam Johnson. That's up to four years, a hundred million dollars. So we're looking at that $25 million per year number. 
Detroit and Monty Williams are lurking. They are interested in Cam Johnson. He used to play for Monty Williams in Phoenix. And then the only other team I've seen that's extremely interested in him is, uh, is Houston, the Rockets. So, Pete, are you worried that the Nets might not sign him? And do you think it's a good move four years, $100 million? I'm not worried at all, man. Uh, a lot of people are, like, really up in arms. Oh, man, you can't do that. And then you look back, and we threw all this money at Tyler Johnson, Alan Crabb. But most importantly, check out the roster. Check out the, the cap space. Joe Harris is making $19 million, right? So let's say we have to pay $23 million to keep CJ. You get rid of Harris, maybe you have to attach a pick, whatever. You get rid of him. But you know what? Maybe you don't want to give up any picks. In the next year, right after next season, the Nets are going to lose 66 off the cap. 66 million cut off the cap. That's Clax's contract, Patty's contract, Dinwiddie, Harris. So there's going to be a lot of money coming off. A lot of guys are, might get raises. You know, one guy uh, might get an extra two million here and there. But basically, the Nets have a, a lot of flexibility. I would not be scared about putting in a twenty-five million dollar, you know, match on uh, on CJ. You can't let a KD trade happen and the second plus player just walks away for nothing. If you don't want to pay the hundred million and you want to do a sign-in trade, fine, but you better get something back. I thought that was extremely well said. I, I definitely agree that. You know, you traded for him for a reason, right? He was part of the package, so you, you kind of got to pay him at this point, especially especially if you want to keep Mikael Bridges happy in Brooklyn. They're obviously really close. Mikael has been extremely public in his desire to have the Nets retain the services of Cam Johnson. Um, look, I, I look at Cam Johnson, I think, obviously you, you got to pay him, but what is his peak? What is his ceiling? How good can he really be? Um he showed spurts in that series against Philadelphia. The dunk on Embiid, he had that game where he exploded for, for I think, high 20s, low 30s. Um, I, I forget which game that was, but I got to see it consistently from him. And if we pay him this money, I need him to be – I need him to be what Michael Porter Jr. was to the Nuggets for the majority of the regular season. And that is a guy that can defend at a high level, that can shoot the ball at a high clip, that can be that – secondary or even primary scorer on certain nights. I, he doesn't have to be the star. He doesn't have to be the second star, but I need him to be in that top three on this team. Um, and at times he was in that second half of the year and at times he wasn't. So I, I just got to see him be more consistent. I'm happy to pay him. Obviously you got to keep Mikhail happy. Um, but, but I just, I just want to see him elevate his game and, and take it to that next step. And I know he was coming off an injury obviously this season. Um, so you know, give him a full off season to get his legs under him and work his tail off. And maybe we will see a rejuvenated borderline all-star Cam Johnson come next season. Yeah, I think you nailed it right. You got to see this through. Like I said, you don't make the KD trade just to lose the guy over something like money when you could just literally get rid of a Harris, get rid of a Patty, or, you know, like I said, 66 million off next year. Then following that, Ben's max contract off. You're going to have money. You're going to have options. That's what, like almost a hundred million plus off the cap in the next two years. That's a lot. You could afford to, to take a chance on this guy. And uh, I think the Nets really like him. And uh, that playoff series, like you said, if he could do that, like not every night, obviously, but being the second option, 
I think he'd be a great third option. Could you imagine a third option hitting 40% from three, being able to put up 20 points? That's, you know, that's a winning team. I would absolutely love that. Yeah, that, I, I think you're absolutely right. That's what we're expecting from this guy. And if we're going to pay him that money, I think that's what we should get. All right. It's time for the segment. I feel like we've been doing, even before you join the show, Pete, um, it's Dame Watch. We, we got to talk about it. So him and the Blazers are meeting. Yeah, you, you just checked your uh, you checked your Dame Watch. What, yeah, what time yeah. is it reading? Is it uh, reading Dame time? Game time. They actually said that. That's a better answer. So he's meeting with the Blazers to discuss the uh, path the organization is taking. The Blazers pitch is going to be, hey, Scoot Henderson's the real deal. That's why we took him. We thought he's better than a lot of veterans we could have traded for. This team is is not in a rebuild. We still have a lot of talent. You should come back. And Dame's going to go to them and say, fuck that. I don't want to play here anymore. You can't convince me that this roster is a top eight roster in the West. It might not even be a top 10 roster in the West. Um, he and, and, and Chris Haynes was very specific. He, he talked, you know, I, I watched his report. And he basically said he has a close relationship with Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard does not want to go to a stack team. He doesn't want to do what Bradley Beal just did and go play with, with you know, KD and Booker and two or three superstars. He wants to go to a team that has a shot. So, I, I heard that quote, Pete, and I thought that is, is kind of interesting that he said it like that because the Miami Heat are coming off an NBA Finals appearance. They have more than a shot, right, with, with Butler and Adebayo and, and Spolstra. But you look at the Nets and you think that's a team that if Damian Lillard joins the Nets, I don't think it's crazy to say they have a shot. I'm not saying they're a top three team in the East. I'm not saying that they're going to win a championship. But if you add Damian Lillard to a team with Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton, three guys who, who have proven they can be in that upper echelon of NBA player, I don't know. I think that team has a shot in the East. Do you think I'm crazy for reading the quote that way? Uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I, I can see, you know, I see, I see what you're saying, though. I definitely see what you're saying, but... I'm going to I'm going to spell it out for you, okay? One team has made the NBA Finals two out of the last four years. The other two years, they lost in the first round and made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So one team has made it to the Eastern Conference Finals at least 3 out of 4 years and the other team is the Nets. If I'm Dame, I'm friends with Bridges and I see what they're doing there, but I got two maybe what two to four years left in my prime. And I need a chip, man. I need a chip. I need the nice weather. I need, you know, all that good stuff. I'm not going to say anything more. <laughs> all that good stuff in Miami. And uh, unfortunately, that kind of looks more attractive. Now, do I think the Nets have a better package to offer? Portland. I do. So what happens? Yeah, I... Uh... You could have just said, let me spell it out for you another way and then just started singing Welcome to Miami by uh, by Will Smith. That would have been probably, uh, y- you know, an easier answer. Damian Lillard, everything has indicated that he is leaning towards Miami, and that's probably where he wants to go, and, and they're the most likely destination for him. Um, I've talked myself into him becoming a net these last few weeks. I would welcome him with open arms. I would trade one of, one of the draft picks that, that we had probably um, – 
probably I would trade Clowney. I, I want to keep Whitehead. I think he can be a really, really talented player. Um, but I, I agree with you that it just it looks like it's trending in the direction of Miami. I just thought the quote was interesting to say he just wants the shot. He doesn't want to be on stacked teams. The Nets are far from a stacked team. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We will see. And remember, I think Damian Lillard attended one of those Philadelphia games last year. He did. He did. He did. 100%. All right, next headline. All right, now we're getting into segments. So this segment is the Brian Windhorse meme. Naz Reed got a three-year, $42 million from the dollar deal from the Minnesota Timberwolves. So is Carl Anthony Towns on the move, and would you want him in BK? And I'm picturing the, the Brian Windhorse meme where he has his, his arms you know, crossed, his fingers pointed, and he's going, well, if this happens here and this happens there, that's what I'm thinking. I, I mean, to announce this Naz Reed deal um, right now, it just seems like Towns' departure from Minnesota is imminent. And could the Brooklyn Nets be a potential destination? What you're seeing now is a lot of teams kind of adding to their cap. Because once we hit June 29th and the new CBA like kind of kicks in, it's going to be a whole new ball game. This is why Beal went to Phoenix now because if they try to do that deal in a week, it wouldn't work. So if you're going to add, you know, guys to, you know, to extensions, this is the time to do it. I think if you're in Minnesota, this is just more of a talent, you know, acquisition, keeping your own guys in house. And uh, maybe Carl Anthony Towns does get traded. I don't think it happens until the trade deadline, to be honest. And I would love to have him on the team, but I just don't know what you have to give up. Yeah, that's a good answer. Does Minnesota really want Nick Claxton? And again, if, if you're going to pay Naz Reed, you'll probably trade Cat for a position that's not, not a center. Um, I understand what you mean. I get that. Okay, next segment. I call this one, sorry, Nets fans. A hypothetical Nets fan favorite, John Collins, was finally traded, but not to the Nets. Utah was the lucky lady as Danny Ainge gave away old man Rudy Gay plus a few second-round picks for the power forward who struggled with his jump shot throughout last season. So, Pete, do you feel sorry for Nets fans who wanted John Collins here for the past several seasons? Yeah, I do, because I was – I got to admit, I was one of them at one point. You know, it looked like, you know, a good young player. We need that power forward. And, uh, you know, RIP to to the thought of getting John Collins on the team. But, uh, listen, that contract – was not going to be doing us any favors. I think we could move on and, you know, forget like a bad ex. You just move on and we'll find, we'll find another power forward guys. Don't worry. We're mourning together. I just thought Collins's jump shot was so broken this season. And uh, I, if you're going to get a four, you get a stretch four. you don't get a four that plays in the post. I just don't like it. You can see him and Capella just didn't make sense because he couldn't shoot the three. Um, I wasn't, too sad about this. I kind of got off the John Collins hype train like middle of last year. He just didn't do it for me. Um, He doesn't impact the game enough. You know, I look at a guy who like John Collins wants to be, and that's Aaron Gordon for Denver. Gordon does almost everything Collins does, except he has a higher basketball IQ. He's a little bit more consistent from three point land, I think. And um, I, overall the, the way he plays, the way he meshed with the Nuggets, I, I just I, I liked I like Gordon a little bit more than I like John Collins. And Gordon was a guy that I know Nets fans were clamoring to get a few years ago when he was in Orlando. 
Um, so I wasn't I wasn't super sad about this. I mean, you know, Utah's front court is stacked right now. You got Markinen, Walker Kessler, and John Collins. That, shout out to Danny Ainge. I, I don't know what he's putting together in Utah, but if they get a backcourt and, and a few wing players, that could be that could be a dangerous team in the West in a few years. Absolutely. He's he's a god. He gets I don't know how, but he gets gets away with everything. He gets away with everything and more. All right, this next segment I call Maybe One Day. So, and I premise this by saying that the Nets Twitter, we pay so much attention to the Liberty games. And I love it because, A, the WNBA needs more viewers. They need more attention. So, shout out to the Liberty Liberty and all, all the players on that team. Um, but shout out to Mikhail Bridges for showing up to every single home Liberty game he can and uh, making an appearance and 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 supporting not only the Liberty, but just being in Barclays Center in the offseason. I love it. This guy could be in Cancun. He can be in Mexico. He can be doing offseason workouts wherever. But he is in Brooklyn, and he's supporting the Liberty. And his guest at the last Liberty game was none other than Cleveland Cavalier Donovan Mitchell. So, Pete, maybe one day Donovan Mitchell can be a Brooklyn Net. What do you think? I love it. He's a New York guy. Even though he is a Knicks fan, I would really, really welcome him in. And I think Eddie Nets fan would, right? He's he's a great talent. I, I I slept on him when he was in Utah. The guy's the guy's really good. You can see what he's doing in Cleveland. The guy is definitely the real deal. Uh the Knicks really fucked up by not getting him. But um I, I don't think it happens. But it is interesting what, what you just said. A couple weeks ago, what was uh Grant Williams was with Bridges, right? Think about this. This kind of, he's kind of like showing people around. It's it's kind of it feels like Bridges is kind of like the ambassador of the Nets, and you know the city loves him and loves him back. And what do you think these guys are talking about, right? Like they're obviously talking shop. It's not tampering if you have a friendship with a player from another team. I don't know. That's this is how it happens. You know, agents talk to players. You know, GMs talk to players. They you know they pass along the pass along the secret. You pass the notes. And they're definitely talking shop, especially when it's a free agent. It's very, very interesting, you know. And I'll say this. Nothing would make me happier than if somehow this player and Donovan Mitchell, who was so highly coveted by Knicks fans, came to the Nets eventually. I just think it'd be so funny. At some point, if these superstars, KD, Kyrie, Donovan Mitchell, whoever, start choosing the Nets – over the Knicks, and it's a trend. It's a legitimate, you, you know, habitual every year pattern. I would go ape shit over that. That nothing would make me happier. Nothing. So that that would be beautiful. That that would, that would definitely be beautiful. But uh, you know, I kind of think about it, man. Wouldn't it be nice to put him next to Bridges and CJ? I would be sick. Listen, to me, Donovan Mitchell's borderline top 10. He's probably in that 11 to 15 range, if we're being real. I know the Ringer just came out with their top 10 players, and they had Booker at 10, Butler at 9, um, and then pretty much everybody you, you know, you'd think after that. Kawhi was in there. Uh, KD, Jokic was 1. I think Giannis was 3. Um, Steph was 2, and Luka – or Luka was 2, Steph was 3. Anyway, I think that Mitchell's probably in that 11 to 20 category, right? He's on the same stratosphere as Jalen Brown to me. Um, a guy like Paul George is on that stratosphere. 
Uh, Chris Middleton, not anymore. Bradley Beal's on that stratosphere. But give me Donovan Mitchell over Beal. Give me him. Uh, he's probably in a tie with Jalen Brown for me. Um, and give me Donovan Mitchell over Paul George any day of the week. So I don't know. I, I would love him. He's a gamer. He saw what he did in Utah during those playoffs. Uh, all those playoff runs he made with Utah back in the day where he was just putting on him and Murray had that duel a few years ago and he had a rough series against the Knicks. It happens. The Knicks are a really good defensive team. Um, but yeah, I, I would absolutely love to see Donnie Mitchell in a Brooklyn Nets uniform. All right, Pete, do we have any other topics that we want to cover? Yeah, I got a question for you. Okay. Beginning of the show, we talked about the draft picks, talked about how we thought they were going to move up or they were going to get a trade for Dame. And uh, we kind of got a little bit of a peek at the Nets cards, Look a little peek at Sean Marks' cards. Going forward, we saw him take, what, two projects and one, what I would say, sort of role-player-ready guy. So we look at that. We look at the coaches. All these guys are developmental guys. Does it look like we're going to be getting a superstar? No. But also think about this for people that are kind of saying, oh, man, like we're not going to get anybody now. Because we only have three picks in the next three years, you needed to take two project guys because you're not going to have these young guys in the next three years. So don't be afraid, guys. Something's going to happen. This team needs one more score. I don't know where it's going to come from, but we got two projects. The draft picks are open at least for the next what, the next uh, couple years. It's going to be interesting. What do you think they're going to do? Do you think they're going to go over, uh, go after anybody? Or do I, do I think they're going to go after buddy, anybody this off season? Yeah. Gun, you know, free agency starts in what, four days, three days. What's going to happen? And who, who are some names? Do you have any names that, you know, they might want to approach? Uh, I don't got too many names, but just, I don't, I don't care about names. We'll talk about that next week. But, uh, just thinking about like the direction of the team. How do you feel about that? And where do you think it's going? Looking at the draft picks, looking at who they drafted. So I look at the direction of this team, Pete, and I think that we're the Cavaliers before they got Donovan Mitchell. I think that we can be a six to eight seed, probably closer to eight because we don't have, you know, KD and Kyrie in the first half of the season to put us in the two or three seed. Um, I, I like, you, you know, this is going to be a long offseason because obviously I'm, I love Mikhail. I like Cam Johnson. I like Nick Claxton. But you have a lot of players on this team who did not perform well this last year in their roles. Joe Harris had a, had a rough shooting year. Patty Mills pretty much was non-existent. He's now our, our 10th, 11th guy. Um, Seth Curry's probably out of here. I don't think he wants to be back here. So whether or not you go after big, you know, more uh, attractive free agents, you're going to need to get a few role guys. You're going to need to get some like bottom of the barrel um, free agents. So it's hard for me to think where this team is headed without knowing the moves that Sean Marks has made for, for those role guys. I would like to think that we're not in a rebuild that that's obvious. We're going to be competitive in terms of team teams are going to have to execute against us. We're not going to be, we're not going to be the Pistons where, you know, you know, you see them and you're like, all right, this is a pretty easy win. Maybe Kate Cunningham goes off. Maybe Jaden Ivey has a big game, but we should beat them. And I'm referring to last season, not, not this next year. Um, 
I don't know. It's so hard for me to analyze where they're headed without really knowing Sean Marks' strategy. Um, Do they add another guy? Do they add a scorer at least? So then you move Bridges to like the 1B category. Or is Bridges going to be 1A? I would like a 2 or like a real legitimate 2 or a 3. One other scorer. Like a guy like Tobias Harris to me just schematically would make sense. You put him in the three, you move Cam to the four and Mikkel to the two. I would like that. I prefer that. I, and then you have Clax at the five. Um, but if you're not going to go that route, then you have to look at getting better at the point guard position. Spence, I love Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't think he's a top 20 point guard in the league. So you look at DeJounte Murray. You look at a guy like that. Maybe you make a trade for him. Atlanta looks to be having a fire sale right now. They're going to look to move on from Capella and DeAndre Hunter. I think I think the only guy who's pretty safe for Atlanta right now is Trey Young. I think everybody else is on the block. Um so it, it just depends. Do you like I think your front court, you're you're pretty you're not getting, you know, maybe you'll get one more big man, but you're not going to make that many moves. You drafted Clowney, you have Nick Claxton, um, you still have Dayron Sharp under contract. I, I just don't know how how much better you can get in the front court. But in terms of the backcourt, like the backcourt was extremely weak. I mean, I know Mikhail's considered a two, but you don't really have a, a great guard outside of Mikhail Bridges. So if you can get a two and, and move Mikhail to the three, or you can get a one. I think those are the moves that you would make. Or you get a three and leave Mikhail at the two. That's fair. It's going to be interesting what they do. I'm ready for It's going it. to be very interesting. All right, Pete. Thank you again. For listening, everyone, to Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. I'm Spen Harris. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Sa. That's M-R-S-A-H-42. Pete, where can the good people on Twitter find you? You could find me at NetFans You Know on Twitter. You could check out if you guys like this talk. I do a podcast with my friend, Charlie, the only NetFans You Know. You could find it all there. And that's it. Let's get ready for free agency, boys. And, of course, follow Fireside Nets on Twitter. If you're not following Fireside Nets already, you better click that follow button. Subscribe on YouTube. Thanks to everyone for listening. And, as always, Pete, you want to say it this time? I think you should say it. Catch me on the fireside. Catch you on the fireside. (laughs) That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I'll accept it.